0: Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the
1: Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.
2: Good morning, everyone. Isn't it great worshiping together? I just, I don't know, I never get tired of it, and I think we've missed it, so... Yeah, I, I, uh, I wanted to um, just say uh, again, let's take a deep breath. You know, you're doing okay. You're at church in 2020. You know, things are, pat yourself on the back. It's not an easy year. So the title of this message is the same as this title of this book, strengthen yourself in the Lord and so I'm gonna touch on a couple things in here but most of it's really not this book but uh, it's a book that Bill wrote and it, he wrote it really as a personal testimony how he strengthens himself in the Lord and and the the missing word is really you strengthen yourself in the Lord and I, it's my responsibility my, ultimately it's my responsibility to have my relationship with the Lord. I can, you know, I can ask my wife to help me. I can ask the elders to help me, my pastor to help me. I can, there's lots of tools, but at the end of the day, your relationship is with him and you're responsible for it. and I'm responsible for mine. And uh, all church and all these other things are, are here to help. And so my personality has been, uh, really in my life, I'm I'm more the hare than the tortoise. I'm more the sprinter than the marathon guy. I don't understand marathons. I don't really get it. Um, at my, my gift after about 40 yards starts to go down. And, and, uh, and in, in business, I, I have spurts of greatness and spurts of mediocrity. I'm not a steady guy. Spiritually, I have ups and downs. And so I, I'm, uh, I'm coming out of a little bit of a funky moment. And I'm going to just be transparent. Is it okay if your pastor is transparent with you? And um, I can't necessarily blame it on on 2020 or the funkiness of politics or the funk. Although I'm pretty angry about some of the politics, I can't blame it on COVID. I can't blame it on finances. I need to strengthen myself in the Lord, amen? And so um, about two, three months ago, I um, really had I saw myself kind of moving in a different position from almost 30 years of leadership in the church. I felt like I've been a cheerleader for the church for 30 years. And I think I just took a little season to unplug and analyze and weigh the cost play around with a little pillow talk with self-pity. Anybody ever do that? Sometimes it feels like a little stuffed animal just playing with your self-pity. Um, and I, uh, I, be- I even opened some doors like questioning God. I was on the left side of Job. You know the left side of Job? That's where Job and his best friends are whining at God those first 33 chapters have you ever been in that whining with God mode whining gets into offense gets into accusation in a hurry I love the book of Job right around Job chapter 34 God finally gets tired of all the whining He's been patient for 34 chapters. And he says, Job, old language, gird your loins. That's, I think, means tighten up your belt buckle because here I come. Brace yourself, Job, because I've got a few questions for you. And it didn't take Job 34 chapters to figure out he was on the wrong side and uh, get his act together. But, um, you know, it's not any easier when your wife's kind of on fire for God when you're kind of struggling. And she's she's asking questions like, what are we gonna do next? What's our vision for right now? And what's our next assignment? And I'm like, I don't want another assignment. (laughs) I'm not listening for assignments. You ever been in a place like, I really don't want to go to church? I'm being honest here. There's going to be some grace comes out of this. Watch. It reminds me of the story where, you know, Johnny's like, Mommy, I don't want to go to church. And she's saying, Johnny, you have to go to church. Mommy, I don't want to go to church. Johnny, you're the pastor. You have to go to church. But uh, over the years, I've developed some, some gauges to, per, to spirituality. And I want to share some of those with you. And maybe you have some gauges. Maybe after the, today's message, you'll start creating some of your own gauges. But these gauges help me know where I am spiritually. Am I in a strong place? Am I in a weak place? Is there a warning light? When you're in a tough place and you're in a pastor, like, who do you call? I called a couple of friends, a couple of elders I had dinner with. They're just awesome. Shared with a little bit, but um, I called the pastor and he was no help at all. <laughs> that being me, if you didn't laugh. And... Um, one of my barometers was like, I, I just like, I, I consume books about the Lord and biographies and people's experience with God and how they've encountered God. I just love them. And I caught myself like not wanting to read one or any. I caught myself having to keep re-forgiving somebody Nobody in this room, by the way. And you ever get in this cycle like you forgive somebody and then a week later you're, you're catching yourself needing to forgive them again? Like you get, you get frustrated or you get anxious or you. and I'd catch myself, okay, Lord. I'd even go to the second step like, bless them, Lord. I want, <laughs> you know, when you're having trouble forgiving somebody, it actually helps to bless them. I want success in their life. I want everything to go wonderful for them. Lord, bless them. And then a week later, I'm mad again. Anybody been there? And so, um, you really don't want to be preaching from that place. And so I kind of avoided a, a couple couple cycles of my preaching time. Because I don't want to come up here and lead y'all from a bad place. That's not fair to you. So how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? If you're warm today, how do you get hot? If you're dry and cold today, how are you going to get warm or hot? There's going to be a grace today for you to get hotter today in your relationship with the Lord. I'm going to, as I'm there's something that happens when people humble themselves. He says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when you humble yourself, like I'm doing right now, grace comes. Grace is going to enter the room and come. And, it, and Transparency and vulnerableness allow grace to come, humility to come, and some of you are going to have courage to, to, to look at your own meter and you're going to... Do something, you are going to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Not everybody needs it. But it's amazing if you don't in this season. Amen. Then a lot of distractions. So how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? Because what happens when you humble yourself, grace comes. I've had this my my whole life when I've went to people and said, I need help. Please pray for me. Grace comes. I used to think of grace as this nebulous, fluffy word that just meant good things. I didn't really understand it. And then I heard grace was an acronym, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. That didn't help at all. (laughs) No help at all. But then when someone said grace, think of it like a substance. And grace can enter the room in the spiritual sense. You can't see it, but in the spirit realm, it's entering the room. Grace is the operational power of God. Grace is when it comes into the room, gives the ability to do something now that is here that could not be done a minute ago. That definition helped me, and now when you read the beginnings of most of the books of the New Testament, you'll see the Apostle Paul and the other writers giving out grace, and it feels like a substance, the way they're talking about it. They call the fivefold Ephesians 4, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, they call them grace gifts, and now when we have one of those gifts in our pulpit i whether it's a guest or someone in our church that has that gift i literally think of them as giving out grace and i want to be good soil sponge to receive whatever they have on their life the good soil that gets a hundredfold i have to recognize it i recognize the grace on your life lord i f- i want to feel the grace if i can't feel it i'm going to receive it by faith Grace, this is how Christians grow. Yeah. A little bit of grace, I'm going to take it. He gives grace to the humble. Grace is in the room. So a couple of my barometers are, one is uh, worship, and we talk a lot about worship. I, I just can't say enough about our worship team. Our worship team is 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 the people up here, but it's also all the people back there. It's people that come a couple hours before we get here. It's, it's cold, it's often dark. They're putting stuff together in the wet and the cold. And, it, and we expect it to work, and when it doesn't, we look back there and give them a dirty look. You know, it's just <laughs> like, really? We expect the sound to be perfect every week in these, this environment. And yet they come and it's much like preparing a table. It's much like every week preparing Thanksgiving. And I just walk in and at the first note, if my heart's right, I can worship him. Now one thing that slides into our culture is we can even make worship narcissistic. And uh, we do that, I do that, by like, well, I didn't like that song, or how'd they do, or how did I feel, did I get goosebumps, did I hear God's voice? It's starting to sound like it's about me. Yeah. Worship is actually ministering to the Father. Sometimes they all need a little red reset button to say, it isn't about us. It's about Him, It's about worshiping Him. Those other things are byproducts of worshiping Him. Those other things are give, and it will be given unto me. Worshiping Him. It's why I want people to be on time, because we're worshiping Him. Right now, I am ministering to you. If there's a time to not be here, it would be now. Like, I'm giving to you, so... Don't cut out the worshiping him, cut out the ministering to you. I'm taking a part of my life, breaking it off, trying to give it with grace. I'm ministering to you. By the help of the Holy Spirit, somehow I can minister to every one of you where you're at. Miraculous. In Psalms 103, if you have your Bible, if you have your phone... Psalms 103 and Psalm 100 we'll look at briefly. I love, I love the Psalms. They help us. They teach us how to worship. In Psalm 103, in the NASB version, <clears throat> it says that, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's like, can you hear, can you hear the imperative like, Bless His name, hey, my soul, my body, my spirit. Bless His name. Every every ligament, every every joint, every muscle. Bless His name. Every cell of my body. Bless His name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Sometimes we have to will ourselves into blessing His name. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we're little Johnny that has to have Mama tell us to go to church. But you know how many of us know that sometimes feelings follow actions. Sometimes I don't want to be here, but 10 minutes in, wow. I w- I'm so glad I'm here. You ever have that at work? Like, I don't want to go to work, and then you get going, and then it's one of the great days. You ever have at work? Like, sometimes feelings follow actions. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, soul, and forget none of his benefits. Uh-oh. Sounds like... Don't forget the testimonies. Don't forget what he's done in my life. Be grateful. Worship is tied to gratitude. It's so cool that Dan started with, I'm grateful for the tent. I'm grateful. You know, there are people in underground churches, people in the persecuted church that would love to have what we have this morning. And I'm grateful. And gratitude is a predecessor of worship. Grateful that, God, you just saved my soul. Grateful that you plucked me out and intercepted me from the direction I was going. Grateful that you intercepted me with the gospel. I'm grateful that my sins are forgiven. I'm grateful, God, that you've chosen me before the foundation of the world. Grateful that you've gone up and you're preparing a place for me. I'm grateful, and that's why I sing, and I don't have to force myself to say, Bless the Lord on my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Amen? Amen. Psalm 100. Talked about this the other day. So cool. In worship, it's almost like a spirit of revelation. Like I saw something in there. I've seen this verse a lot. And I saw something in there last week in worship. And there was a grace on it for mental health. And I've been looking at it all week. and, And I can't see it anymore. Like, I don't feel it on it anymore. Like, there was a grace in that moment, in his presence. Like, oh, I saw something, but I don't see it anymore. In his presence, a spirit of revelation, we see things. In Psalm 100, shout joyfully to all to the earth. And I want to go, I love the message version. It's so cool, these these apps. Like, you just push a button and you're in a different version. Like, how easy can it get? Man, on your feet now, applaud God, bring the gift of laughter. I love this, sing yourself into his presence. It's so beautiful. In verse four, enter with the password, thank you. There's a password case. Anybody have as their own personal password, thank you? Don't raise your hand. I hate passwords. There are no passwords in heaven. He, he gives grace to the humble. Humble people, not arrogant people, are grateful people. Grateful people are extravagant worshipers. If you meter for wanting to go to worship, to be in worship. I've got, I got a pastor friend that says, oh, I can't come to your church, man. Y'all worship for 45 minutes. It's too long. I'm like, aren't you embarrassed to say that as a minister? You should be embarrassed. Okay, we're running a 10K at worship, and you can only do a 5K. Why not work up to a 10K? We're not even marathoning. This is just a 10K. I mean this is dude <laughs> worship a barometer one of the gauges on my dashboard on my car is worship. Am I am I sensing God's presence in worship? Am I hearing his voice? Am I giving him my all? Do I care how I look? Do I care that I can't dance? It's a gauge as we go after him. Another gauge is the testimony of the Lord. We, we don't tell testimonies just because they're fun. Bill Johnson doesn't have an hour of every staff meeting that start be just testimonies because it feels good or makes him feel good. It, because he's tilling the ground that we are to be a supernatural people And one of my gauges is, am I taking a risk in the supernatural? Am I seeing anything happen? Because when I see something happen supernaturally, it's like juice hits me and I'm excited and my spirit comes alive. Like, God, you're here. And last week, I just sensed the Lord just say, just give me an inch and I'll give you a mile. On our gauge is, am I giving him an inch? Am I giving him an inch? And so last week we had like a simple word of knowledge. Um, the way the Lord, I, I don't particularly think I'm gifted at word of knowledge, but he'll remind me of someone who's been healed. And I had this just little subtle pain right here in my thumb, down to this joint, up to this, up to this index finger. He does it so subtly that I'm not sure. Does he speak to you that way? Like it's still in the realm of faith. Lord, is that me remembering that that healing or is that you? Is that me feeling that pain or is that you in a word of knowledge? Anybody there? He keeps it in the realm of faith. They're still stepping out in a little bit of faith. Amen? Give me an inch. I'll give you a mile. And so, Brenda, you were so kind uh, to share. Uh, stand up, Brenda, for just a second. Brenda, Brenda serves behind the scenes so much in this church. Will you give her a hand? And so, and, and so in uh, 60 seconds, tell me what happened.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've had this for almost, um, almost a year now, exactly as he described it exactly as he described it and uh, so i shared with him that someone was praying for me (laughs) my dear friend who was also my leader in school this year and um, immediately it started tingling and all of a sudden i thought well i believe but didn't think anything would happen because it's been there for so long and then all of a sudden it was truly completely gone and so i Thanked Steve for being strong in his faith of learning the gift of knowledge, mm. and I think it helped Stephen when we talked about that. So help me to hear. And it feels wonderful. So I, so awesome. I, <laughs>
2: Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. Yeah. So you know, it's not a big thing unless it's your thumb for a month or a year. Excuse me. But we're creating a culture where you step out, where Tracy steps out in faith, says, let me pray for you. Come to my house. And you never know what can happen. We're in a culture where if we'll just step out in faith, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work. We celebrate you trying. And God's grace is real and more people get healed than don't. It's amazing. And when it doesn't, I put it on the shelf of, Lord, I need more grace. I need more anointing. I need more understanding. I don't understand, but I don't get discouraged and we got to keep going. If we'll live in the realm of the supernatural, if we'll live in the realm of testimonies, in Judges 2.10, super cool verse. This is about Joshua. Turn there if you would. Judges
0: 2.10.
2: <clears throat> My phone is slow. Basically, 2.10 says that, that Joshua as the elders who were with Joshua began to pass away, basically they quit telling the testimonies of the giants and the walls falling down and all the crazy miracles, and they quit telling the testimonies, and sin began to come into the camp in the next generation as soon as the last of the judges, the elders that were with Joshua, died. We've got to keep the testimony going. Most of the Western church is not walking in the supernatural. So every one of us, it's so, such a great, great thing. Another thing that affects you when you're trying to get go from being dry to, to going to, um, to being hot What do you do? It's who you hang around and what are the inputs in your life. We become like the five people we hang around. If you're hanging around burning people, you're going to be burning. If you're going to hang around people that cuss, you're going to cuss. you hang around five people that smoking weed every day, you're going to be smoking weed. I'm not putting that on you. My wife would say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and she's probably right. So you hang out with people who are on fire or you hang out with people that can pour in your life. And so that's why I I call the elders. But even yesterday morning, I just texted a friend and said, hey, what's God speaking to you? I'm working on a message. John and John Donaldson just called me. He texted me back like a few minutes later. Come up and read what you texted me. Like this is so cool to be in a church where you just call somebody and say, what's God saying to you? And five minutes later, you get a text that says... Yeah.
1: The, the, other, the other message here is be careful when you answer the pastor. That's right. <laughs> 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 um, let's see. I decided to go um, old school. No, Nothing digital. Here we go. Um, you probably, you've heard the thing about... Uh, anybody here ever heard the phrase, um, clouds without rain? Yeah, that person's a cloud without rain, right? And I started thinking about that stuff, and I just started to, uh, to speak over myself. I'm a cloud full of rain. It doesn't mean, see, now, now it means that church gets canceled, <laughs> right? But when it was written, it means there's going to be food on the table, right? You got that with me? Yeah. So if you're, if you're a cloud full of rain, it means that when you show up, Things get watered. That's, that's a good thing, right? And I, I had this visual when you were, you were talking. When you step out to pray for somebody, all of heaven lines up behind you and says, oh, this is going to be fun. This guy's stepping out. It's like you, what you talk about, Blake. The angels are just itching to release through the suns. You know, and that's a different point of view, is it not? That when you, go to, when you, you take a step, heaven is lining up to release something amazing. And he just needs somebody to say, yeah, 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 I'll go. It's not you. He just needs somebody willing to do it. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is what I wrote down. I said, all right, to as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become the sons of God. I'm a cloud that's full of rain. I'm a vessel that's full of wine. I'm a virgin with lamps that's full of oil. And I'm headed to a wedding. Uh, I'm a tilled field full of Godseed. I'm a tilled field full of Godseed. Now keep in mind, we live in a Western culture, but some kids don't even know what a garden is. Some people think food comes from a grocery store, it doesn't. That's the retailer who packages it up for us. Okay. Um, I'm a son full of the father's, father's love to feed his people. I'm a sower with a bag full of seeds. You catch that one? I am a sower with a bag full of seeds. I walk into a situation, I reach into my bag and I throw that seed everywhere. I'm a servant with a basin and a towel. I'm a voice that resonates with heaven. I'm a mighty man rubbing shoulders with a king. I'm a seeker who finds. I'm a field free of thorns, stones, and shallowness. I'm a resurrected son with his foot on the devil's neck. Right? I'm a praying man with calloused knees. I'm a believer full of God's promises. I'm a new creation man seated in heaven. I'm a fisher of men with my line in the water. Yeah. And um, this is what I would, you know, it's, this why I wrote it down Saturday morning before he even called me. This, this was my list for the day. Well, you know, anyway. Um, I am getting older, I notice that, when I look at some of these other people. When uh, I t- I t- I'm getting older, I said, when uh, you said there's fiber, I felt something's completely different, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <That's> right. <laughs> anyway, um, if you haven't wanted to quit, you, have, you haven't been here long enough. Is that fair? If you haven't wanted to quit, you just haven't been here long enough. That's right. And somebody desperately needs to see you bounce, to to see you hit the ground and come back up. Right? Because they say, he did it. Well, oh, okay. He looked like he was burning, and then he's back up there just preaching the gospel. So that was my thoughts. Um, I'll leave you to this last one. You'll probably find that you're experiencing today what you were thinking about yesterday, so you want to fill your head full of Word of God seed? You really do. Yeah, it's a Amen. great opportunity. Amen. There you go. Oh, here.
2: Thank, thank you, John. <laughs> so it's cool to go to a church where you call somebody up and five minutes later they give you a response, right? It does matter. Because when you're, we need to be hearing from heaven in this season. In John 3.31 it says the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all and he testifies to what he has seen and heard. But no one accepts his testimony. We need not earthbound thinking in this season. We need heavenbound thinking. You need when you call a friend to get some words from heaven. Where do you get heaven's words? You get it from from friends who are, who are with God, you get it from the Word of God, like getting into the Word of God and just getting Heaven's words. When you're in a slump, I need Heaven's words. And you get it from uh, all these wonderful tools where you can just pull up a YouTube sermon or you can pull up, uh, and I, I mentioned, uh, you know, that I heard Heaven's words in Chris Valentin's talk a few weeks ago. And we get it, like we're, we're just hungry for his words. And John, you, you uh, shot me a Francis Chan 34-minute message. It's, uh, you can get it on YouTube. It's like his last message to his church. God's kind of calling him to the mission field in Asia. And I've heard Francis Chan speak, and I, I think he's a great guy, but when I listened to this message, the first three minutes he began to pray. And I'm like, well, I'm hearing heaven's words. What's on him that I didn't feel on him before? And I, I heard a man on fire, like he's burning. There's a quote that John Wesley says, said, and it's debated. Some people question whether he said it, but it's just been quoted so much. Let's just say he did. <laughs> he said, "I set myself on fire, and they come to watch me burn." Francis Chan, I was just listening to this message like this man is on fire and it was convicting me like this guy's at a nine and ten and I'm my my meter, my fire meter isn't nine or ten right this moment. And God, I want to it's like a, a spiritual jealousy. I want to be more on fire. And in that fire, you could feel it's like a heart for the lost, heart for the evangelist. There's another gauge that says, when's, when's the last time the Holy Spirit pricked my heart and said, you need to share faith. Like there's a heaven, there's a hell. You need to share your faith. If that's been a long time, that meter needs to grow. Like fire, when, when people get on fire, they got a heart for the gospel and for the lost. Francis Chan, it was so cool. He said, You know, I've been a cessationist. He's kind of in a different camp than us. He's like, I've been in a camp where none of these gifts happen. And in the word, he just began to read the word and said, Why why aren't they still happening? And the God began to work with him. And he went on a mission trip, and everyone he touched got healed. We're all one encounter away from a change of the way we believe. on fire and that fire you could feel it on him like oh what's happening the supernatural in our life brings fire in Ephesians 1 I think it's verse 13 it talks about we're sealed with the Holy Spirit when you came you heard the gospel it says in that verse you believed and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit there's the gospel You heard it, you believed, and you were sealed. And that sealing of the gospel, this isn't charismatic theology. This is basic Christian theology, that we're, every believer, sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that's a deposit. It's like a down payment on something fabulous coming. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Catch this. Like the Holy Spirit who is brooding over the entire earth, brooding, and in a moment, creation came alive. That Holy Spirit is touching you and you're sealed as a believer? It's crazy. That is true. Then Every believer that's not walking in some level of supernatural is walking abnormally. The Holy Spirit is uh, in us, on us. The Holy Spirit that made the earth, God, the Holy Spirit is God. It's the manifestation of God on the earth. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit our calling is to be a supernatural people. Our calling is to be on fire. And finally, um, when you're needing a heart change, when you're needing to get hotter, uh, fasting is a way to one way to get there. And um, You know, some people I super admire say when they go, when they fast, they just get hungry. They just, they just read cookbooks. They just dream about their next meal. And I I laugh, but I, 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 my personal testimony is slightly different. I, I'm, there's a, In this western culture where there's so much opportunity, there's so much entertainment, there's so much stuff to do, there's so so few opportunities to deny ourselves. When we fast, there's just this sense, okay, I'm hungry. Denying yourself, it creates an openness in our spirit. And I caught myself two or three weeks ago fasting for a few days, first day hungry. Second day, spirit man coming alive. Second day, spirit man kind of raw, like very aware, very raw, very alive. And usually around the second, third day, there can be kind of almost a season like, God, your presence is so rich, I don't really want to eat again. And God has an opportunity in those moments to bring fire. He has an opportunity to take his word, take his Holy Spirit and work on you and say, what about this? What about this adjustment? And so three weeks ago, I, I, I had to preach and I'm like, I gotta go get away. So when I got away from everyone else for a couple days, fasting, a friend in the church decided to pray for me. I'm in the word. I'm in worship, and I start thinking about this thing I need to forgive again. On the gauge of your car is this red light that's when it comes on, you stop the car, right? I don't know what they call that thing, but you get off the road and stop, right? What do they call that? Oil light, I don't know. But it's, it's I know there's a light that I got to stop. The spiritual light that you need to stop is unforgiveness. And I could feel in the moment, in the word, in the worship, someone praying for me, in fasting, and as I said, okay, Lord, I forgive that person, I could almost like a, a gear went, bam, and it clicked. Like, oh, okay, I've forgiven. Grace grace like there's a grace that it works grace that oh okay i'm okay i don't i don't have to keep i don't know if it was the fasting i don't know if it was the prayers i don't know what it was i don't care i just needed grace the operational power of god to do something right now that wasn't being done before and something click. I don't care if I get hot by process. I don't care if I get hot in a moment. I just want to get hot. Christianity stinks as half in, half out. It's painful holding on to half world, half the kingdom. It's an all-in game. It ain't any fun any other way. So in an instant, what are your gauges? How do you measure your intensity, your worship? Yours could be totally different than mine. But we're going to do an old-fashioned altar call. I believe there's a grace in the room that if uh, there's just... Uh, if, if everyone would stand, please. We're going to go old school, no school like the old school. And Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you come. As, if I've, as I've been uh, pouring out my heart and uh, sharing... My recent story if the Holy Spirit has pricked you about an area in your life that needs to heat up, needs repentance, needs some work, needs to go to the service station, I just extend grace, grace, grace. And that you would respond. There's something about just a little response, a movement. The Holy Spirit would say, give me an inch, I'll go the mile. If you'd come forward just as an act of obedience, it just says, Lord, I want more. Lord, something, Holy Spirit, you just, you pricked something in this message. We want to be a people of the burning ones. We want to be the fiery ones. We want to be the supernatural ones. We want to be the forgiving ones. We want to be the worshiping ones. We want to be the fiery ones. These are just hard exchanges. This is you. You strengthening yourself in the Lord. There's no magic. It's God. Holy Spirit just come on everyone. Speak to us and then give us the courage to obey what we're hearing. Give us the courage to say no. If someone you, he's saying, uh, Turn that entertainment piece off. Some, somebody, you, it's he's saying something specific. You have, if you don't trust yourself to talk yourself out of it, tell someone, get some help. The body, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You're on TV, I, I just feel a, a sense like, it's time to, uh, it, it, you hear the Holy Spirit and God, if you're not supposed to be coming to church yet, stay away. But if you're staying away because you think it's cold or inconvenient, you need to come. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. The body needs you, and you need the body. So church, just begin to pray for these people. Just break out. God, grace, grace, grace. Let hunger, let fire come in our church, God. We don't need fire tunnels to see fire on people's lives. Grace, grace, grace. Come, Lord God. Now you're doing a great work. Grace in the room. Grace for fire. Grace for change. Grace for the Holy One. Grace for evangelism. Grace for holiness. Some of you just, God is saying, put that down. Put that down. Put that Put that porn down, Put the, even the just R-rated movies. Put it down, put it down, put it down. Shh. Grace, grace, grace. Come to the prayer closet. The Holy Spirit, come to the prayer closet. Deny yourself. Come, come reach out. see Grace, 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 God, the Holy One, the Mighty Father, the God worthy to be worshipped, the God of holiness. The God who chose you from the foundation of the world. The God who saved you, that He knows every hair on your head. He knew you in your mother's womb. The God who loves you everlasting. God who loves you on your worst day. Fire falls. Grace, grace, grace. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the
0: Week.
1: To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.